This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. For me, it was placing heavier weight on Google Analytics than like some internet expert on Twitter or whatever. Hello, hello, what's up everyone? And welcome back to the last Freelance Friday podcast episode of the year. Today I wanna talk about how I've changed my life and my business over the past 12 months. I feel, I don't wanna say I feel like a completely different person, but I definitely feel like there have been many epiphanies and changes, mostly for the better, you know? And so I wanna share the five big things that I did that have brought me to a point, I think of greater enlightenment to some degree. I know that sounds cheesy, but I feel like a more whole person these days. And I wanna I wanna share how I how I got there. The first thing is really simple, and it might sound a little bit bratty or snotty, but I, I just stopped doing things I didn't wanna do. I mean, I know that's super simple, but I reached a point last year, technically early this year, And those of you who watch the vlogs will remember this. I had a client, I think it was in January, who was like four months late on an invoice. They were very, very rude and mean to me about it. They weren't even apologetic. And it was just like, that's not what I'm here for. Like, I am not a bill collector, okay? Nor am I a pushover. I am not somebody who likes to be disrespectful to people And in exchange, I do not like to be disrespected by people. And it was one of those clients that I knew from like the discovery call, I just had weird vibes about, but the paycheck was good. Well, spoiler alert, the paycheck never came, but what was agreed to be the paycheck was good. And it seemed like, you know, pretty easy work. So I agreed to it. And same thing for sponsorship. In the past, I had worked with like borderline abusive sponsors who were emailing me like at all times of day and asking for like six different revisions while paying me like basically nothing. And I just got to a point where I realized, you know, I don't want to be reliant on these other people or other entities all the time and really at their beck and call to survive. And so I really went all in on working with you all as opposed to going outward and finding these external people who I haven't built up a relationship with, which is mutual, you know, it goes both ways. And in addition to that, I was able to really serve people who I'm really passionate about. Not that I'm not passionate about these you know, bigger companies and things like that, but it has a different impact when you can, you know, take an affordable course and then email me in a couple weeks and say, oh my gosh, I got my dream social media management job, or oh my gosh, I started my business and got my first client and signed my first five-figure contract. Like, I feel like I can have bigger and better impact while also not dealing with the abuse of people who don't value me and don't see my work and don't feel like, you know, any loyalty, I guess, or any reason to even return my phone call after they don't pay me, you know? So I would encourage you, you know, if you're listening to this 
and you are working a job that you hate and you really want to go freelance and work for yourself, or if you were working with a client who, you know, was like mine, who's a little sketchy and maybe pays you late every single month, or, you know, if, if you do have a course and like you hate marketing that course, you hate selling that, you would rather just go on Upwork and find gigs, you know, stop doing whatever that thing is that is making you unhappy. I try to just think of the abundance that exists in the world and that kind of helps me out. Like I'm, I know that if I drop that client who sucks, <laughs> um, there's gonna be another one out there. I know that if this course flops, well, I can make another one. You know, there's so many different things that you can do to build up your income. And, you know, I don't want any of you to be stuck doing something that you hate just for the paycheck. If that were the case, and what I kept telling myself is, why don't I just get a job? Like I can probably get a pretty good paying job with my experience. Why don't I just get like a nice cushy job? You know, there's a reason that you're working for yourself. Every day is not gonna be sunshine and roses. Work is still work, right? It's still hard for me sometimes to get on camera and like whatever. I still don't look forward to every moment of every single day, but in general, I'm pretty happy with what I do. And I think that's the point. The next thing that I did was I followed the data. Now I've always been a bit of a numbers person. I've always looked at, you know, numbers and data and analytics, but I really not only looked at them this year, but I truly followed them. I let them guide me. I listened to them. I took myself and my opinions out of the equation. Not completely. You had to have a mix of data and creative, but I stepped out of that a lot of it and really listen to the numbers. And what I mean by that is it was a confusing couple years with like the rise of TikTok. Oh, and Instagram Reels. TikTok, I actually am kind of liking these days. I'm gonna be honest at the Latasha James, if you wanna come say hi, I just do stupid stuff on there. So don't expect like extreme value by any means. But uh, Reels is the one that really like threw me for a loop because you're hearing all these business coaches and experts and things like that saying that the strategy is to just post five reels a day. And I'm like, first of all, that's not really a strategy. That's like a tactic. But second of all, why when I look at my data and I'm not seeing any, <laughs> no conversions at all from an Instagram reel? It's not to say don't try these things. It's not to say don't listen to people other than me. I'm certainly not all knowing. But you know, for me, it was placing heavier weight on Google Analytics than like some internet expert on Twitter or whatever. You can't just put faith in one particular thing, especially if there's no strategy behind it and expect it to like move mountains for you. So what my data was showing me is that, you know, YouTube is far more engaged and far more willing to purchase than anybody on Instagram ever and has more value. And, you know, same thing for the podcast and email marketing. Email marketing is where we really pulled the lever this year of really optimizing our funnels. I'm still doing that. I'm actually rewriting our evergreen funnels uh, for the new year. So like those are things I'd rather invest my time in than just like, you know, shaking my butt on a reel. <laughs> um, I don't know, that's just like not, you know, um, it's not a strategy is, is the point. And the data is telling me that. So try new things, have fun with them, of course. But at the end of the day, I need to know what the numbers are for me to go all in on a new tactic or strategy. Oh, and I wanna say like, 
emails, like just investing in email strategy, we sell so much through email. You know, we have these lists that have been built up over the years that were just sitting for so long. So I took the time that everyone was telling me to focus on reels and updated my email sequences and sold a lot, you know, just by doing that. Leave no stone unturned in that you are really taking a look at the things that are warm and moving them to to hot as opposed to like starting a brand new thing, starting a brand new Instagram account and starting to a completely cold audience. See if there's any warm audiences you can kind of, you know, poke and nurture a little bit to get you closer to the point of sale. Next thing I did was I really prioritized my physical health this year. I turned 30 this year. Not that that's old. I definitely do not think that's old, but I'm also not 21 anymore. Like I, there is a definite difference. I mean, I even noticed like a big difference when I turned like 25, 26 from my early, you know, early, early twenties. I was like, man, I just cannot do the all nighter thing anymore. Like I need sleep. Um, you know, and then there was the whole state of the world. Yeah. I mean, my physical health definitely took a little bit of a, um, a turn there. I was getting a little winded walking upstairs after many months isolated in my apartment. So, um, yeah, I really made it a point this year to start eating healthier. I did something it's a, I'm putting it under the health category, but for me, it's more of like a social impact category and that I went fully plant-based, which was something I'd wanted to do for many years. I've been vegetarian almost my whole life, but I finally went vegan or plant-based this year, which like I said, is more of an ethical thing for me, but also had an impact on my health and exercised. You know, I, I like learned to love walking again. I bought a pair of tennis shoes for the first time in my life. Normally I just wear like skate shoes or like Converse. I bought like real tennis shoes out here on the walking trail, you know, just feeling better about myself internally. And also, you know, prioritizing physical health also refers to stress levels. I spent so many holidays, Christmas Eve's, Thanksgivings, all the things working, taking last minute requests, doing the things just because I was available. I don't have kids, like I can do it. And this year I set really hard boundaries, not just for the holidays, but just for my life. Like I stopped responding to emails on the weekends. I stopped responding to emails at at night. I hired people to help me take care of some customer service things and, you know, things that, that need to be taken care of that were really draining and mentally taxing on me, which has an effect on you physically. I think for so long, I disconnected both my business and my body and also my mind and my body. I was like, oh, these are two different things, but they are so, so related. And burnout is painful. Like burnout, people talk about burnout and I, I feel like I used to think it was just like, oh, like you get really tired or you get really stressed, but like, no, it, your, your body hurts, your head hurts, your stomach hurts. Like it's not a good place to be. So I was really conscious about, you know, just centering myself a little bit. And though I did experience, like, I wouldn't say full burnout, but I definitely did work a little more than I would like to this year. I'm still working on balance. I think that's something that people are always going to work on who are self-employed. I feel like I was a lot better than in years past, for sure. Next thing I did, I faced a lot of my fears, actually. I, I don't really know, like, I don't know, maybe I could just Google this, but I don't really know what the difference is between like shy and socially 
anxious. I don't actually think I'm shy. People always used to say I was when I was a kid, but like, I mean, look, I'm like doing YouTube. Like, I don't, I don't know that's something shy people do. I think it's more of like a social anxiety. Like I feel really stupid. I feel really embarrassed um, and things like that around people. My point of saying this is I'm not really shy about speaking in public. You know, I've done lots of public speaking before, but this year I spoke on stages that I probably felt imposter syndrome-ish about, you know, that I, I felt like were too big for me. I remember when I was asked to speak um, at Think in Color with Thinkific, I was like, me? Like, really? And I had those feelings multiple times this year. You know, I did a lot of cool stuff. Frankly, I, I spoke at Think in Color. I did some stuff with HoneyBook. I did a talk for Digital Summit both here and I traveled for Digital Summit as well and spoke on bigger stages than I really ever had. And something I wanna say about facing your fears in that regard of, you know, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't know, there are people there who have way more followers than me or whatever. Whenever you do those things, you're raising the bar. You're raising your potential. You're raising your rates. I remember I heard one time that when an actor wins an Oscar, like, their their rate for their next movie go, goes up by like, I don't even know, like probably like hundreds of thousands of dollars or something. Same thing for if an artist wins a Grammy or whatever, you know, they're basically guaranteed to be making a whole lot more money because of that. It's the same thing for you, you know? If you just aim just a little higher, just shoot a little higher with, you know, pitching to be on a podcast that maybe you think you're not like, big enough to be on yet or pitching yourself to a publication that you don't think you're you're cool enough for or for a speaking gig that you don't think you're qualified for or a job or a client, you know, a client that might be a huge company and you apply for the gig or the job just because you're going to shoot your shot. Doing that raises the bar and raises um, what you can charge in the future. And now you have leverage, right? You can say, okay, well, this company paid me this amount to speak at their event and they paid all my travel fees and they did this and they did that. So now you have to do if you want me. So it shows you what's possible. It gives you leverage. And yeah, it's it's important. I also faced fears. I feel like nobody talks about this. This is a little personal. Um, maybe it's like, it makes me sound like a child. I don't really know, but I don't care. You guys know I'm pretty honest. I am terrified of the doctor. Like. I'm not going to go into the, you know, into the details of it, but like I really am afraid of the doctor. And again, going along with the physical health thing, there were just a lot of things that I did this year that I didn't think I could do. Whatever you have to do to get yourself to do what's right for your health or for your career within reason, you know, um, it's growth, you know, and and you feel so much better after you do those things. After you do it once, and you're like, that wasn't even that bad, or you know, what the doctor told me wasn't even bad. I was so scared for nothing. It makes it that much easier to maintain those positive habits moving forward. The last thing I did is not really business related, but I want you all to listen. If having a business is your is your goal, or having a successful business is your goal. This is important is to have a life outside of your business. You know, just like the physical health bit, I always disconnected this. I was like, no, I need to be like all about 
business, you know, that needs to be my life. And listen, it kind of does. I'm going to be honest. It kind of does for a little bit in most cases, at least it did for me. I couldn't be out, you know, shopping at the mall and like watch it. Like I cut out TV. That was one of my big, my first freelance tips way back in the day when I first started freelancing was like, stop watching TV. That's an easy way that you can get hours back into your week. And I also think it, it's something that a lot of people don't focus on because they're like, listen, Latasha, like I'm not gonna sit here and start playing drums when I don't even have any clients yet. So I get it, you know, you have to eat before you can really start to kind of, I don't know, have a more complete life. Like you have to have a life first, which requires food, shelter, water, all that kind of stuff, right? Like Maslow's hierarchy of need. But yeah, I feel like I reach a point where I had some good income stability and consistency, but something was still really lacking in my life. I was like, I still feel like kind of empty inside, you know, which sounds really dramatic. It wasn't like that deep, but it definitely reveals things to yourself. Once you achieve the goals that you set out to, you're like, wait, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as good as I thought it would maybe, or I still feel like something's missing. Right. And so I, I have a lot of hobbies now, actually, like, and I'm proud of myself for, I did a lot of things. I finally published a podcast that I'd been wanting to for a long time. I actually took it down now just because like, I don't know, it was, it's not that I'm embarrassed about it or anything like that, or that I regret doing it. It, it served its purpose for me. I had a, like basically a short run podcast that I just talked about like movies and music for a while. And maybe I'll bring it back someday. But for me, it was just kind of like a little, a little fun thing I did for a few months. And then I just took it down. Um, and, and that's okay. Right. Because the point of it wasn't to make a bunch of money from it. It was just to have fun. I took a piano class. I hadn't played piano or any music in a really long time. I played drums growing up. I played piano growing up, but it'd been a really long time. So I learned how to read music again, which like that I could probably write a whole essay say on about starting from the bottom and and really sucking at something because I'll be honest I don't want this to sound like I'm like you know full of myself or whatever like I kind of went through a period where I was like good at everything that I was attempting and that cannot be good for you too I don't think that was good English but you know what I'm saying that can be toxic that can be bad too and it's very humbling to be like wow I actually sucked my first few weeks learning piano again and I'm still not the best. I'm still not like that good. I just know how to do it again. I'm also doing a fiction writing kind of group, which like I never thought I would write fiction. I don't think I'm particularly good at writing fiction, but I'm doing it just because it's fun. It's kind of like a little mental release for me. So do things like that because there are many lessons. <laughs> um, like I said, learning how to suck is an important one. But I think also just separating yourself from your business is really, really important. We can get so in it. And even just like my fiction thing that I do, right? I do it kind of in the middle of the day on a Wednesday, I believe. Mornings, I'm working in the business, right? I write for a little bit, then I have lunch. And then I go back to the business and I'm seeing the business with completely new eyes. I might have been stuck on something. I might have been stressed about something. I might have not had ideas for content or whatever. And then I go back after opening my brain in this new creative way and I'm seeing the business in a different way. So I think it is really important, particularly to do something creative if that's your thing. If you're not creative, maybe it's working out. You know, I know lots of people like to work out. You know, I don't, I, I don't, um, I don't think I ever will, but a good walk does the same thing for me or a good hike in nature, right? So um, yeah, 
those are the five things I did to drastically change my life in 12 months. I hope you took a little bit of inspiration from it. So that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed. Please leave me a review or a rating on Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, thumbs up the video and leave me a comment down below. Let me know what some big changes you made in your life were um, in 2021 or anything that you plan to change in 2022. I'd like to hear that as well. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your year and I'll see you very soon in 2022.